to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. In today's episode, we do a ride guide for Tron Light Cycle Run and Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin. Final episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts. And we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you'll receive bonus content. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, and find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at disneydeciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So we are going to do a ride guide today. Tomorrowland ride guide, Tron and Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin, uh, excuse me, Tron light cycle slash run. Um, I don't know. I don't know why that slash. I still do not know why that slash is in there. But um, I'm going to say that a couple times this episode. So be prepared to be annoyed. But yes, we're going to talk about those two attractions now this is something we don't typically do leslie has not ridden tron yet but uh, we're still gonna do it just because you know it is the newest ride and some of you might be going this summer or maybe no one's going this summer that's why disney keeps releasing all these discounts but uh if you're thinking about going this summer and you want to know whether tron is worth it to go for or uh, how to minimize your wait time while you're getting on Tron. Uh, this is the episode for you. So let's start with Tron Light Cycle Run. Leslie, uh, can you tell us where exactly this is and, you know, where the original Tron was? You know, what's the history behind this attraction? Sure, sure. I can definitely cover that part, even though I haven't been on the attraction yet. So it's in Tomorrowland. It's towards the back and it's basically essentially uh, behind Space Mountain. There's a path uh, connecting it to Storybook Surf Circus that's reopened. So there's kind of two ways to get there. Kind of can't miss it. It's pretty big, <laughs> like Space Mountain. But the history of it is that it originally opened in Shanghai Disneyland as Tron Like Cycle Power Run. And it opened in June of 2016. Uh, the Magic Kingdom version, the Disney World version, opened, uh, soft opened in February 2023, and then officially added in April of 2023. So it's still quite new. I'm hoping to get there soon and uh, excited to give it a try, but definitely have been watching it for the last, you know, half decade to seeing um, how well-reviewed it was in Shanghai when it launched. Yeah, so it is, uh, again, like you said, a can't-miss attraction. I had the pleasure of getting to, I, you know, I was there for a social media event uh, that Disney invited a couple of Travelmation agents to, and I got the chance to go. And so I got to ride it twice, uh, once via a Lightning Lane that they gave me, and then once via Lightning Lane that I bought on my own. Um, so let's talk about this attraction a little bit. It's got a pretty high hike requirement. In fact, the highest, uh, tied for the highest at Walt Disney World of 48 inches. And Disney says uh, their premise speed across a world with no horizons in a high stakes race based on the Disney sci-fi film Tron Legacy. So this is definitely modern Tron um, and modern Tron aesthetics. Um, they've got the Daft Punk going. And so that is a huge part of the attraction. So that's what you need to know about the background of it. Um, talking about the queue really quick, there's a ton of neon um, and a lot of awesome music. You know, actually, let me show you my, uh, if you're 
on YouTube, you can find us at youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. I'm showing they gave me a lanyard that uh, lights up neon colored. And so that was very fun. They also gave me, actually, Leslie, I didn't even tell you. They gave us, they gave us a umbrella, a Tron umbrella. And you know how, like, normally on the umbrella, you know, you press a button and the umbrella opens? Well, that's not how this umbrella works. When you press that button, a, the whole shaft of the umbrella lights up in neon blue and starts flashing. So there are so many times I'm at soccer games trying to open my umbrella, and then all of a sudden I just have these neon lights flashing, and it's, like, super embarrassing. I no longer bring that umbrella to soccer games. It's a huge umbrella, too. But, uh, yes, lots of neon uh, through the queue. And as you're going through the queue, they kind of talk about the story, um, you know, that you are racing. So you are on a team of racers and you're racing against the enemy team. And um, there are various people setting up the story. Now, the big thing about the queue, I think you have uh, heard about this, Leslie, is this locker system, which is new for Disney. Um, so, you know, what have you heard about this locker system, Leslie? You kind of know the general gist of it? Yes, yes. So my understanding is there's sort of two-sided lockers and you put your things in one side, you lock it with your magic band, or you can get a, a key card from a cast member if you don't have magic bands. And then on the other side, when you're done with the ride, you can get your things out um, using those same methods. So, you know, I understand that this is controversial, I guess. <laughs> it's probably too strong of a word, but that, you know, it causes a lot of slowdowns because the tech doesn't work completely seamlessly. Surprise, surprise. And it's different, of course, than what they've been doing in Shanghai, which is just having a cart and um, then a cast member to, to you know, bring back your, your items. So, yeah, I guess time will tell sort of how well this, this functions. You know, I think for people with magic bands, it's probably, my guess is much more seamless, but for other people... That would be annoying to get a card. Yeah, I didn't have any problem. And honestly, I thought the whole kind of locker room was very cool. Again, neon colors, you know, black light, all that stuff. Um, the trickiest thing for me was like I got my the first time I did it, I got locker like 200 something. I didn't realize there was like over 900 lockers. Um, and so I started freaking out a little bit when I got off the attraction that I've forgotten my locker number. But, uh, you know, the way you deal with that is there are cast members standing around and if they scan your band or whatever card they gave you, or, um, they'll, they'll be able to tell you what locker number you had. So it was fairly seamless for me. I actually thought about, I thought about, cause I was writing twice in a row. I just thought about leaving my stuff in the locker the whole time. And then, um, you know, just going through twice, you know, uh, Hey, free lockers for the day. Okay. Life hack. You know, they're, they're small lockers. They, they're not huge, but they can fit a backpack in there. And honestly, um, I know some people don't like it, but I like the lockers because it's nice that at Disney, you can bring your backpack onto like any ride and stuff like that. But I just as soon not think about it or like have my legs, you know, cramped with a backpack at the base. Um, and of course, um, as we're about to get to, there is no place to put your backpack on Tron Light Cycle Run. So let's talk about the attraction itself. Um, there is not really a pre-show. There's a small dramatic moment um, that I won't spoil here, um, but that's not really a pre-show. And the way it works is there are seven cars um, per coaster and two people ride in each car, but you're getting on it like it's a motorcycle um, and pretty good throughput. You know, people are estimating about 1,600 
people per hour. A part of that is because it's a very short attraction. Disney says it's a two minute ride, but really I think the amount of time that you're actually moving quickly is more like a minute. Like I said, you're sitting on a bike. The roller coaster itself is actually not super intense, um, but the visuals are very cool. And the fact that you're sitting on it like it's a bike, that's what makes it feel really fun. Um, a kind of fun fact is you're actually only strapped in via your legs like that is the safety mechanism so you've seen pictures of people like who look like they're doing the equivalent of like standing up on the bike um, just because they're strapped in with their legs since you're not looping around or anything like that it's not uh, a safety issue i'm sure they figured it out um it's a vacoma track uh, my miles to memories co-host who's a roller coaster nerd says it's a very standard track used um by vacoma and on a lot of uh roller coasters around the world. To me, the best part of the attraction are the visuals and the music. Um, it's really awesome. It's really heart pumping. And I think it really sets the mood. Um, and so it's a lot of fun. And then of course, at night, um, if you've seen the canopy, uh, it's even more dramatic. You start outside and then you go inside um, and there's neon lights throughout, but you know, at nighttime, uh, it looks even better. I think this is a good time to mention that the bike seats don't work for everyone and you know leslie we're actually going to have an episode about this in the future but do you want to talk a little bit about the issues there yeah so a lot of different folks plus size you know very tall people um are having trouble with sort of how the restraint systems work and like you say we'll have an episode coming up about about this but the way it works is that you're when you're straddling the bike your knees are sort of being locked in by um, a little lever that comes down. And depending upon where your shins are and your knees are and all of that, it may hit you in the wrong spot or it may hit you at a spot where it just can't close all the way. So they do have the um, uh, a car in the back of every coaster that is more plus-sized friendly and disability friendly. So that's um, something to keep in mind. But just be aware that... I think more people are not fitting on this attraction than pretty much anything else at Walt Disney World. So even I've heard from some people who fit on Flight of Passage aren't fitting on Tron. So it really just sort of depends on your body type too. Like that's the other thing that's sort of so unpredictable about it is that, you know, some people who thought they wouldn't fit are fitting fine. And some people who, you know, thought they would fit are suddenly having issues. So you don't know until you get there and um, there is a test seat, but it's in full view as theme parks are <laughs> want to do. But again, I'm spoiling the future episode. We'll see. Yes. So um, be on the lookout for a future episode about Tron and other attractions with uh, similar issues. Let's get back on track. Who is this attraction for? I would say that anyone who's a thrill seeker um, is going to enjoy this. It's not like the most thrilling attraction out there, but I think the visuals and the music, like I've said already, um, go a long way to making it a lot of fun. I will also add, um, as a firmly in middle age person these days, if you enjoy shorter coasters, uh, you're going to like this one because it is shorter. That is definitely a reason why some people do not like the attraction because it is too short, but, I don't like super long coasters these days. Um, Gardens of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is a little bit too long for me. So, you know, Tron was like kind of like the perfect length for me. But if you don't want to wait a long time for like a shorter ride, then um, you might 
want to skip this attraction or get uh, Lightning Lane for it. Speaking of which, Leslie, what is the individual Lightning Lane situation for Tron Light Cycle Run? So it does have paid individual Lightning Lane. It's been hovering at around $20 per person. So just kind of kind of check and, and see if it's if it's worth your while. I haven't been noticing how quickly is it selling out, Joe? Have you been keeping a close eye on that more recently? Yeah, it's not to me it's not been flight of passage, rise of the resistance levels. Maybe some days it's gone at the same speed as that, but I still think those two are the individual lightning lanes that are like really prioritized and you know, I'm not saying that Tron's going to stick around until 11 a.m. noon or anything like that, but it it's probably the third one to go right now. I think partially because uh 20 like I said it is only like a minute on the coaster itself and so $20 for that some people let me put it this way you don't mind paying many most people won't mind paying $20 or equivalent to ride flight of passage or rise of the resistance again but Tron light cycle run you might pay $20 to ride it once but because it's so short maybe you're not going to pay $20 you know it's, it's those it's those repeat rides um so I think that's why that's it's not as popular which just makes it easier to get if uh this is going to be your first time Standby line strategies, as of right now, it's still a virtual queue. You're going to want to book it immediately at 7 a.m. This goes very quickly, goes in a few seconds during very busy days. Don't forget that after you've entered Magic Kingdom Park, you can retry to get in the queue at 1 p.m. If you did not get it at 7 a.m., you can't, you can't get it twice, but you can get it at 1 p.m. You can get two virtual queues in one day, uh, two boarding groups, excuse me, in one day, if you are staying at a deluxe resort or Swan and Dolphin and have extra evening hours and at 6 p.m. Um, there's a third queue, but that's only for extra evening hours. So for most people, it's gonna be try to get it at 7 a.m. Uh, if you don't get it at, at that time, enter Magic Kingdom before 1 p.m. and then try to get it again at 1 p.m. That 1 p.m drop has been actually not too bad um, during the month of May, although May has been pretty light. Now, there is one gigantic caveat for virtual queue at Tron Light Cycle Run that we have not seen before, Leslie, and what is that? That is that your one-hour time window is really your one-hour time window. You need to be on time to redeem your virtual queue spot or you will get turned away. I mean, there's still the grace period. There's still a little bit of flexibility, but this is not something where you can show up three hours late um, casually. Um, you will not get on the ride, and they mean it. And this is different than how Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind has been run. So a lot of people, um, even frequent visitors, are, are getting caught up in this um, new rule change I'm not fully sure the reason for the rule. I mean, I certainly know they don't want everybody waiting until after dark to ride it because that's a different time. But, you know, I'm not fully sure why if your return time is at one o'clock and you come at three, you can't be accommodated. But that's how it is. And we got to roll with it. I wouldn't be surprised if this virtual queue doesn't last too much longer. Although, who knows with Disney. But common sense would dictate um, in some ways that this virtual queue will go away before Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind um, because I th I think in some ways that one is... I think once enough people have written both, Cosmic Rewind is going to end up being the one that's more popular. At least that's that would be my prediction. We can only speculate what queue strategies will be for this attraction after the virtual queue is gone. Um, but of course, you know, if you're listening to this um, years from now, 
you know, you may be wondering. I would say that my prediction, and I don't know what you think, Leslie, but my prediction is actually early afternoon, aside from rope drop, of course, early afternoon might be a great time to get on this queue. It's not going to be the shortest, which would be rope drop, but I think a lot of people are going to wait until nighttime to ride this attraction. And so if you're like approaching sunset, maybe like two, three hours before sunset, people are like, uh, do I want to queue for it now? Or do I want to just wait until it gets dark? So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously hypothesizing that maybe that three, four five hour, depending on when sundown is, might be a good time to stand by queue the attraction um, once it goes off virtual queue. Yeah, I think it's a fer- perfectly fair uh, guess. So if you're listening to this in the future, come and tweet at us and let us know if if Joe was right. All right, Joe, well, let's get yes, to... Yes, let us know how wrong I was. <laughs> well, let's get to um, your rating for the attraction. Um, as a reminder, we use weird video game rating systems. <laughs> Not ABCD, but S-A-B-C-D. Um, so where, F, where would you... <laughs> at the end, yes. F at the end, yes. So where would you put uh, Tron Light cycle, cycle Run, Joe? First of all, you study Japanese, okay, Leslie. This is from Japan, all right. Okay. So it's not just video be games. Very friendly. It's not just it. nerds. It's not just video games, oh. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's nerds from Japan by, about video games that this all started. Okay. But yeah, I would say this is a solid A tier attraction. Um, can't put in S tier just because it is too short. Um, but it is a really quality attraction. It's a really like, yes, it's only a minute, but um, you know, it's like Kentucky Derby. Fastest two minute in sports, you know, Tron light cycle run is like one of the most fun two minutes or one minute, depending on how you look at it, that you'll have on a roller coaster sitting on it. Like a bike is a lot of the draw, but that is a lot of fun. I mean, imagine flight of passage, but the attraction is actually moving. Um, and so you've got that. And then this, I'll say this for the third time, the visuals and the music, they really, you know, they really get you pumped. Like they really get the adrenaline going. And so I really, I really enjoy this attraction. I can't wait for my kids to get on it. I think they're going to have an awesome time. I, I feel like this is, um, you know, we say you start at Barnstormer, of course, for your kids and then go to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train slash Slinky Dog Dash. Um, I think once your kids have done Seven Dwarfs and Slinky Dog, they're going to love Tron. The novelty of sitting like you're on a bike is going to really make it. And then just the way the visuals are, it's like, it's like geared to, you know, people who need um, to be overstimulated, right? All the noise, all the, all the visuals, all the neon. So uh, great this, attraction, A tier. This, this might be a good gateway coaster for my nine-year-olds. Um, you know, we've gotten him reluctantly on, Seven Dwarfs, not yet on Slinky, but I, something about this sort of being, like you say, like video game geeky, like neon, and he loves all that stuff. Um, I'm, I'm gonna give this a go, even though Cosmic Rewind was an epic fail, as you witnessed. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely not as intense as Cosmic Rewind, and so, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be great for kids as they're kind of moving up the roller coaster it's, it's going to firmly fall in the middle tier of intensity roller coasters at Disney world. And I think it'll be great for kids in that way. All right, let's move to buzz light years, space ranger spin fun fact. Um, at one point in time, this was one of two attractions that was in all six of the Disney castle parks around the world. 
unfortunately it's no longer in hong kong disneyland but uh, there's still versions in every worldwide castle it's right there in tomorrowland as you walk in uh on your right and it opened in magic kingdom on november 3rd 1998 it was the first one in magic kingdom and of course it's a slow moving omnimover ride um so there's no height requirement and disney says fire laser to earn points and defeat the evil emperor zerg as you journey through a galactic space battle so run us through this attraction leslie talk to us about the queue and you know what's the attraction all about Sure. So the queue, um, not really a lot of interactive elements except for one, but uh, there's just a lot of neon. It looks like outer space. It looks like everything you would think Buzz Lightyear is. And you're going to see different pictures of Buzz Lightyear, the little green men. You're going to see the little battery cells and pipes plugging into Star Command. And then the sort of big element in the queue is a Buzz Lightyear animatronic. And that's always really cool. Kids love seeing him talking and there's sort of a screen behind him. I just did the the version in Disneyland Paris last last summer and he speaks in French, which was really cool. So um haven't done the other versions. And I don't remember, I did ride the version in Hong Kong Disneyland before it closed, but I don't remember, I'm presuming Cantonese, but you tell me, Joe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember either. So um, yeah, I will interrupt you for a second and say, there is neon in Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger Spin Q, but we're not talking Tron neon, okay? We're talking late 1990s, and this is kind of one of my issues with the attraction. It feels like it was built in 1998. It's a little bit old and a little bit dirty. So yes, technically the color is neon, but uh, with a, I'd, let's say, a shade of gray or dust on top of it. Yeah, that's totally fair. It does feel full dated. Um but doesn't mean it's not fun. So we'll get to that. Pre-shows, um, there are no, there's no pre-shows at this attraction. You'll just see that buzz animatronic. Ride capacity was surprisingly low to me when we did the research for this episode. Only about 800 uh, guests per hour, but it is a five-minute ride. So you do get quite a payoff. But, but was that surprising to you too, Joe? Yeah, very surprising. And surprising because there are times in the day where there's a very short line. And so, you know... I always thought when there are long lines, it's because it's so popular, but I realized looking up the ride capacity, it's not because it's super popular. It's just because um, it's just, it's like a Peter Pan situation. It's just not loading as many people as you might want them to. That's right. So let's get through the ride itself. So basically the purpose of the ride is it's, you know, like Toy Story Mania, like Web Slingers at uh, DCA, you are, um, aiming at targets and it's an interactive video game style ride and you're at you're aiming your laser blaster at different targets throughout the attraction so it's a combination of physical sets and then just sort of you know things that are flat that you're that you're hitting at so you're going through a couple of different rooms over the course of the attraction. It's very slow moving. You can turn your vehicle around to better aim at different things as you go. And you're eventually ending up um, on planet Z fighting Zerg himself. He escapes, you go through a tunnel, you fight him, et cetera, et cetera. So lots of different stages of this battle against Emperor Zerg. And you're ultimately getting a score at the end. And I seem to always get the same score, <laughs> the same tier every, every time. What about you, Joe? Yeah, same. Not great for me. Uh, one more video game reference. It's like a multi-stage boss battle where you fight Zerg in different rooms. Um, the highest score you can get is 999999. And uh, shout out to the Rope Drop Radio guys. 
Um, they have an entire episode about how to become a galactic superhero. I have listened to that episode three times. Either my aim is bad or I keep forgetting what they tell me to aim at um, because I still have yet to become a galactic superhero. You do get a sticker at the end um, if you manage to get that score. But uh, that's a lot of fun. And yeah, again, shout out to those guys. Check out that episode. I totally forgot to put in the notes and thank you for remembering that you can turn the car around. Let me say uh, this is not our Disney do or don't, but maybe don't let your four or five-year-old control the joystick because you are going to get sick just spinning around and around, uh, at least if my kids are any indication. Yeah, good point. And one other thing I should point out, because I do ride the Disneyland version of this attraction much more often, there are slight variations in this attraction. So if you're used to one or the other, this is going to be different. The The main difference for me is at Disneyland, the Astro Blasters are on a cord so you can take them out of the holster and really move them around but at disney world they're on a uh, they're fixed to the attraction so you're tilting it um which i find not as um flexible for in terms of aiming for things so you're really going to have to move the car to get to you know fully aiming the way you you want to aim um you can't sort of twist and turn around like you do with the disneyland version and, and then disneyland has different targets too there's different shapes um not just circles there's squares and diamonds and, and rectangles, not rectangles, diamonds and triangles. And those are all worth different points values. So I'm, I'm not sure fully. And I don't know if you are Joe, they're all circles at Disney world. Are there different points values for different circles? Oh yeah. Um, okay. I mean, all the circles look the same. The yeah. point values depend. Like for example, I remember like in the first room, there's like something out in a far corner. Again, just check out the rope drop radio episode and like if you hit that it's like worth a hundred thousand or something like that so if you hit it like four times you're like halfway there so there are some like mega point value ones and you just have to know which ones those are to become a galactic superhero pretty sure i could let my kids listen to that episode and they'll be galactic superheroes in no time just like they can solve rubik's cubes and stuff like that um and you know my brain has no possibility of possibly um processing that algorithm so you know just uh one of those things um and a lot of fun to do which uh, brings us to, you know, who is this attraction for? I mean, I think this is a great family attraction. Um, everyone, like, this is really fun to ride as a family and, like, to compete against each other as long as no one's crying at the end because they lost or whatever. You know, I do find that when I'm with my family, sometimes um, when our kids were younger, they'd like to sit in the middle and just have the parents shooting or, like, you can have a kid in, sit in the middle and shoot the laser gun Um and control the joystick in the middle. So a lot of fun for families. Who is this uh, not for, Leslie? I would say if you forgot your hand sanitizer, uh, this attraction is not for you at that given point in time. Yeah, if you're um, still skittish about germs or just generally skittish about germs, this is going to be the one where you're putting your hands on the same thing that everybody else in Disney has. So yeah, definitely. It felt weird to ride um, the first time after COVID for sure. Well, and I am not skittish about germs traditionally, um, and I'm also traditionally not like a super clean person, but those cars, even to me, feel a little bit stickier than they should. And then like in the summer when like people are sweaty and things like that, just bring your hand sanitizer or go, you know, there's a bathroom like very close by when you get out. I would say like nine times out of 10, when I ride that attraction, I just go straight to the bathroom and, you know, just clean up there a little bit because it is, it's been around since 1998. I mean, that's 
that's uh that's 25 years at this point so you know it's um it's got some wear and tear on it for sure for sure all right well let's talk about line strategies first of all genie plus it's one of the attractions on genie plus and pretty much it's it's an easy grab for most of the day you can kind of just book it whenever you shouldn't prioritize this over attractions that do go fast like jungle cruise etc um usually you'll find a return time is within, within an hour or or two at most um on you know regular crowd days i mean of course all bets are off for everything genie plus on the busiest of days even even in magic kingdom but but yeah this is a great one and because it is such a, a an easy grab and even because standby lines are are short sometimes of the day you know this is a ride that i almost never miss at disney world this is always you know on the lineup it makes everybody in the family happy you get some shade uh during a hot part of the day so so definitely worth it but um in terms of standby line strategies you know you you can do this a lot of the time, you just need to keep watching the app to see how the crowds are flowing, eyeball the line. And additionally, I found actually, I, I did it one time fairly recently after park had opened. So I did, a, I did a couple of things in Tomorrowland during early entry. And then I went to it immediately when other guests were coming into the park at rope drop and it got busy fast. And I thought that was kind of interesting and bizarre as to why that happened faster than I would have imagined. And again, if that line builds, the capacity is low. So you do have to, to watch out for that. Yeah. I think the capacity, like I, I've always found that bizarre too, but then the capacity, it makes sense. It's just the Peter Pan syndrome, right? There's not that many people lining up for it, but it's a low capacity. And so, you know, it's just, um, gonna feel busier than it actually is. And I totally agree with you that, it is an attraction that you should be able to get on every single time you're at Disney World. If you have a kid who wants to ride it like again and again, like if they want to marathon it or something like that, after 7, 8 p.m., there's very few people um, still doing it. Um, and yeah, just in terms of Genie Plus, um, today Genie Plus, as we're recording, is $22 per guest. So that would be like a low to moderate. Uh, it's more closer to moderate crowds today um it's 2 15 p.m eastern as we're recording buzz lightyear is returning at 2 45 p.m you can get a genie plus for that so like we said it's kind of you can just fit it in to whenever you want to do it and you should be okay all right so let's uh go with our tier ranking for this leslie what do you have all right i'm giving it a b because um this is something that's always in the lineup for our family. We always have fun riding it. I like the competitive interactive element of it. I mean, I think there are better rides. I think Toy Story Midway Mania is is a far better version of this kind of attraction, but without this this ride, there would have not been a Toy Story <laughs> Mania. So um, I give it props for that. So it's, it's definitely worth doing for almost every kind of vacationer at Disney World. I'm always happy with it even if it is a little bit sticky. What about you? Yes, I'm giving it a B because it is sticky. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's a fun attraction. I think it's a solid one that should, you know, you, like unless you have go to Disney World like six times a year or whatever, you should ride it every time um, you're at the Magic Kingdom. Or, you know, even if you do go six times a year, like you might as well ride it every single time. It's a lot of fun. It's cool in there, like in the summer, um, you can cool off. I mean, not as cool as some other attractions, but it's still inside. Um, there's air conditioning in there. And 
you know, sometimes uh, if I'm riding with a kid, I just let them do all the shooting and, you know, I, you know, I can let them go double barrel and I just relax in there and make sure I keep my hand on the joystick so they can't spin it around too much, you know? So uh, it's an enjoyable attraction, um, a lot of fun. And, you know, you can see why it's in all of the Disney castle parks, you know, it just feels like, like a Dumbo, um, like it belongs there. All right, Joe, well, let's close this episode out with our traditional Disney do or don't. What do you have? All right. This is a little bit of a silly Disney do, but I am very lazy and I have found that instead of continually pressing the trigger in Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin, if you just hold it down, it just shoots at a steady rate. And maybe you get a little, a few, a few less shots off, but, uh, you know, the, you, your, your finger gets tired if you keep, um, having to pull that trigger. So just hold your finger down and the laser is going to keep firing and it'll be enough. Um, so yes, that is my silly Disney do for Buzz Lightyear's Space Ranger spin. As you can tell, I treat it as a very relaxing break in the day type ride, which I am totally fine with. I don't. I'm hyper competitive in type A every time I ride it, <laughs> even with my own children. <laughs> to each their own to each their own see this is why it's such a this is why it's such a great attraction um you know you can ride it as you like to ride it all right that does it for this episode of ride guide if you have any questions email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com tweet us at wwdeciphered on twitter or find us on facebook and instagram disneydeciphered thank you everyone for listening and other than that leslie thank you for taking that time to talk to me and i will see you Try harding a Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin while I just relax sitting next to you. Thanks, Joe. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.